Bring it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you all today. I'm very excited. My cold is finally going away. Still kind of here deep down in my chest, but it's finally uh, clearing up. And while I clear up my sickness, everybody out there should be liking the show, subscribing to the channel, leaving the notification bell, all that jazz. Um, one other reminder, we do read all the comments, so make sure that you guys comment down in the uh, thing. If you get it while we're live, we will absolutely uh, read them and throw them up so we can discuss. And if uh, you at post a comment afterwards, then we can always bring it up in another show. So do that very much. Matt. Good to see you again, brother. Yeah, man. How's things? How's how's your week been? Uh, it's been a little hectic, but yeah. uh, mostly just because I've been sick, so everything just seems to be harder. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, but that, yeah, just it is what it is. If you guys can see, I got my elk back, which I'm very excited about, and uh, that was pretty sweet picking that thing up. It's that bed is turning into chance bros's treasure trove of the big moments in my life <laughs> a little bit did you see my soother i've got my kid i was one year old when i got that soother <laughs> <laughs> i got all my stuff um yeah so well i picked that that was the first first animal i've gotten that was i guess trophy worthy so far when i when i hunt what i usually hunt for is food Right, I don't actually look for the trophy. I'm like, that's a good sized buck. That's a good sized bull. Sweet, I'll take that guy. I don't really dive too far into. I want the biggest antlers and the biggest fanciness. I don't really care about that. Uh, but when I was able to harvest this guy, I was like, yeah, he's big. He's beautiful. I'm gonna keep him. He's good memory. So now I have him. It's nice. <laughs> John, you're looking at me like <laughs> you don't even know what to say. I'm not sure where we're going with this, but good. <clears throat> yeah. Um I do have a topic for today. Okay. If you guys are up for it, or if there's anything else that's off the top of your heads that you guys would like to discuss. Let's hear it. Bring Let's it. Hear it. Okay, it goes to what um what you were talking about, Sean, on your your live just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Lip service. And I think this needs to be discussed because this happens a lot. Now, but that's a good inference. That good inference, inference that you made, that inf- you inferred uh, yeah. from what I was saying, you just basically captured about the last 20 minutes of my live IG podcast in two simple words. That's really good. Well, thank you. I like to make things simple. What can I say? <laughs> um, but a reason I want to talk about it was the fact that I think we, as maybe as a population, I think a lot of us, the when you don't put any intention in terms of what you want to be able to do, lip service is very easy to do. It's easy to say, right? It's thoughts and prayers. It's, um, I believe in you, Huzzah, right? It's there's nothing really, there's nothing behind it. And so, what I wanted to discuss is how do we check ourselves? How do we catch ourselves and go? You know, I just said something, but I have no intention of backing it up. Whoa, 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 whoa. And then, like, reining that back in or developing the ability to actually back it up. What do you guys think? Matt? 
I'm going to defer to Sean on this one because I'm pretty oh. sure he's pretty uh, fired up, comfortable with the, the topic since he brought it up just a few minutes ago. Well, I am. I am. For sure. Let's go. Let's go. I am. <laughs> I am comfortable with it. And I'll say this, that um, to your let, let's go with how do we mm, stop doing lip service, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you don't know that you're just lip servicing everything if you've always been a lip servicer. Like if you've always talked empty words and never actioned against those words, you don't know any better. You just think that you're doing you and doing right and doing normal, talk and talk and talking and not doing the work. And that that then becomes your lip service then becomes like your word and your word is good with yourself. And all of a sudden you start believing that you're working just by talking. And that's obviously not the way things work. And how do you change that? How do you pattern interrupt that constant stream of nonsense that doesn't have action applied to it? You just freaking hang out with people who are action-oriented, action men, action-related. And you'll, you'll know the difference when you hear less talk and you see more work. And the moment that you're around that, you, you, you've got a branching point. You've got a binary decision to make. Do I want this or not? And if you want to make a change, you'll say, I want this. And then it's your job to pay attention to how little talk is being done and how much work is being done. And day after day, week after week, month after year, eventually you'll find yourself surrounded by people who aren't talking that much, are working quite hard, and are getting things done. Then the lip service that you get to listen to is not your own voice anymore. You get to listen to it from the noob who just stepped up into the group and is talking a lot and not working. And then that's a process that then you get to apply through your own experiences as being a lip servicer years ago to say, okay, I get you. I was that as well. Here's how it works. Time to be quiet a little bit. Time to work a bit more and get in the game with us. And in time, you'll be able to help someone else out who just does lip service. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a great <laughs> introduction to it for sure. Matt, you got any thoughts? Um, no, it's pretty much what Sean was like saying. It's really about the, the group and people you're with. From what I'm understanding, Sean, please correct me if I'm wrong. No, but you're I mean, right. If you are into a, in, a, I want to say relationship, but a collective, where you're actually with people who don't do the lip service and actually back their words with action. That's what the big. That's what the the key thing is for not being lip servicey. Um, one of the rules I live by in my life is that there's only three things I can control: what I say, what I think, and what I do. And if I say something, I better be able to do it, right? And I'm thinking it, I better be able to action it, right? Um, but I also think that lip service nowadays is also turned into a lot of dead metaphors. And I'll bring up something that we yes. talked about last last Sunday with the whole <laughs> I have your six or I got your back kind of thing. That is a well-known, well-accepted term in the mental health slash veterans community. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, buddy, I got your six. Call me when you need it. That, that's turning into a dead metaphor where it's more just correct to say it and not like, Oh, I'm for mental health. I have you, you know, I'll help you, but I'm just going to say this. That's, that's the, the dangers of 
lip service and saying things that you actually cannot follow through or action on. Yeah, buddy, that is, I mean, let's just end now. Call it's really right. nice out. So we all learn, build, grow. It's really so. nice out. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind getting a ride in. Yeah. And so, like, I could end it right now, I swear. Yeah. No, the, you know what? Um, the one point that, that I kind of clicked on, I guess, sticking in my head, is that in order to end lip service, and, you know, I'm guilty of this as my, myself many times, is you got to stop giving lip service to yourself you have to be able to action your own words. And, you know, we talked about this with uh, Rob and um, yesterday with Seb was the fact that, you know, if you're going to say, hey, I got your six, call me anytime. A, you, you got to be ready to pick up the phone and B, you got to be ready to answer it, right? You, gotta, you have to know what you're talking about. Um, but a lot of it comes back to what you're capable of doing and what you are going to give yourself. And to use the example that you <laughs> that you came up with on your IG Live there was the park like a dad hashtag. It's, it's mind-boggling, man. Mind hashtag park like a dad. That, that is the men's mental health friggin' wow. It's anyway. literally, it's yeah. hashtag lip service. It really is, 100%. And um, the, the whole concept of it, though, comes from a place of... We don't know what do dads do, right? And that's the concept of what men's mental health is. Dads. But men's mental health goes so much deeper than that. It's not about, you know, the 40, 50, 60-year-old dads who have, you know, lived a large, you know, well-intentioned life, whatever. It's or about, not. Or not. But it's about all men of all walks of life, of all ages. It's that insane. Like to just say, hey, you know, you're a 22 year old dude that's struggling because in society it feels like you're being attacked. Go park like a dad. Go park like a dad. Right? Like, I got your six. I got your six. Right? Or um, thoughts and prayers. It's it's nothing. It is literally. It's it's worse than that, buddy. It's not nothing. You're right. It is worse than nothing. It's a backsliding negative, is what it is. It's another year that slipped by with some worthless marketing department putting out some worthless lip service with zero thought. And there's another year gone by another opportunity miss for men to become healthier. It from a mental health perspective, what the heck, man, what's next year? Hashtag hashtag. Yeah. How could it be worse than park like a dad? I have a, uh, I have an interesting metaphor. Uh, or maybe it's an analogy. We'll see what happens. But the uh, I have this concept. It just kind of struck me was it's similar to hunting, in my mind at least. If I'm going to hunt for me, and again I'm just going off of my own mentality. If I'm going to hunt, I want to actually hunt. I want to physically be on the ground. I want to be looking for tracks. I want to be looking for sign. I want to be involved in the hunt. And then there are other people that I know that when they say I'm going hunting, they're going to go sit in a tree for 12 hours and just sit there and hope, hope that something comes by sometimes. There are people that have the whole setup and all these things. I'm not talking about that, but there's a mindset difference in that if you are hunting for something, if you're trying to fix something like men's mental health, if you're trying to actually develop that into a conversation, 
you need to be hunting for it. You need to be on the ground, talking to people, engaging with them and saying, what are some of your biggest issues? Let's talk about it. Okay. And then you can develop, oh, I don't know, a poll or perhaps some sort of questionnaire. But again, those take, that takes action, which means that the lip service isn't there because you're hunting for solutions rather than sitting in a chair, hoping that something comes by and you're just going to happen to shoot it, right? It just, it, it really irks me. So when you were talking about earlier, like, well, you know, the using your example as hunting, what, what you're describing is, is not the, the case. Um, if we were talking about mental health specifically, it would be a guy who's never hunted, who doesn't know how to hunt mm. and is going to try a thing called hunting to see if it's helpful for him. And he can show up with all the Canadian tire garb, or he can show up with all the mega hunter garb, mm-hmm. or he could show up in Birkenstocks and a wool sweater. It doesn't matter. Rifle, no rifle, slingshot, rock, arrow, doesn't matter. However, he thinks hunting works probably isn't the way hunting works. That's a good point. And so we're not talking about the tree stander. We're not talking about someone who's actively tracking. We're mm. talking about someone who doesn't even know what to buy in Canadian tire to go hunting with. Do I wear orange or not? That's what we're talking about in respect to the hashtag park like a dad. It's hashtag how the heck do I even hunt? You know what I mean? Which way does the rifle go? Right. And so <laughs> it's it's our job to some degree to using the goofy parking uh, hashtag. We're supposed to be the parking attendants right now. Yeah. We're supposed to be when someone rolls up and says, where do I park that's really far away? Because someone said, I've got to go park like a dad, bro. Park right here. Let's have a chat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's a great point. Matt, you got any thoughts? You look like you're stewing on something. Yeah, there's two things. Um, going back to your about Watcher 6, and you know, you got to be ready for that phone call, and you got to be actioning stuff too, right? A lot of people... So we do this in the kitchen. So when we are done our tasks in the kitchen, we go to the next chef and say, hey, do you have anything for us to do? It gets... You have to word it correctly because it's, hey, if you got anything for me to do, you'll be doing six hours of risotto that he doesn't <laughs> yeah, want tomorrow. to do. Tomorrow. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to say, it's like, hey, I have this... I have time in my hand. I got this knife... Do you have any knife cutting tasks that I can do? Or do you have something I got to watch? Or kind of narrow it down. And that's where it kind of comes into this, I believe, where it comes into this mental health for individuals. It's like, yeah, you can say, hey, I got your six or, you know, I'm watching parking like a dad and stuff, right? But I'm not good at parallel parking. Like, I'll do inline parking any day you want, Dude, buddy. That's great. Let's go, right? But <laughs> if you want parallel parking, Sean's over here, right? If we got like... That's fantastic. You know, angled parking, chance is awesome in angle parking. Let's go that way, right? So I think it's having your individual, knowing yourself enough that you can help others and knowing when you can't and be able to have the resources to give it to someone else who can parallel park and vice versa, right? Yeah, that was great. Um, I like that. Yeah. Again, let's just stop now. That's already <laughs> that's already two from Matt. If he does a third, I'm freaking losing my brain. Yeah, I, need, I need my hat trick. I need my hat trick. We'll, we'll um, just, yeah. Inception, Matt. You hit another mic drop, and we're just. Gonna, I'm gonna be like, okay, we'll call it a day. Right? Good to go. Yeah. Um, um, 
There was another point, but now I forget because parallel parking came to mind. And so now I'll get back to it later. I'll, okay. I'll drop the third one later. We'll come back. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of the parking attendant, really, whoever that, whoever holds that role, it's kind of an important role because that's the individual who's directing the parking assets and uh, connecting people and ensuring that the parking lot is used appropriately. Uh, we've all been in parking lots where it's a gong show. And, um, you know, a well-run parking lot is a, is a joy. And I suppose that is life uh, to some degree. If you don't know where to park or how to park, hit the parking attendant and they'll get you off to the races. I, I love what you just said, man. That's super, super powerful. There's a, um, there's a position, you know, I'm, I'm drawn back to, again, some of my military training, but there was a point in time where I can't remember what actually the position is called but when you start a leaguer when you everybody's rolling into a leaguer and you have somebody right at the six o'clock saying okay you one o'clock you eleven o'clock and you start dividing all the vehicles down and telling everybody where to sit um i can't remember if that's a lab sergeant's job or not but besides the point it's not marshalling it's not the marshaller is it marshalling yeah i guess yeah, that's I just so. marshalling but yeah. you're right though that it's a it's a critically important job because if you don't tell everybody where to park first off people just park anywhere right and they'll, they'll be ah yeah this looks like a good shot and one of the issues that we had with uh when you were dealing with the a a or anything like that overseas was they would park wherever the heck they wanted right so we would just you know you point them to the middle that way um but i think that that's part of it also is that there is going to be people that when you say hey chance is really good at uh, angle parking go see him they're going to be like, well, I mean, I don't really like angle parking anyway. And they're just off. They're going to go on their own. And that can really affect the health of a lot of people who are just sitting there wanting to help and watching people like flitter off and not use, not utilize the, uh, perhaps the advice or the direction, um, which can, it can lead to lip service over time. Uh, I was talking with James Gearing about this was like uh, compassion fatigue can set in right where you're trying to help people so much so often that you get to a point where you're just yep go here yep go here yep go here and you start to lose that i guess we were talking about conviction a while ago too sean you start to lose that after a while because you get so fatigued from watching some people get help some other people not some people either just i guess maybe you're just draining yourself rather than well, you are if you're not running a tight leaguer. So there let's establish what a leaguer is yeah. uh, very quickly, just for anyone out there who's never heard the term. And I'm going to break it down just into two simple uh, directions. One is an administrative leaguer and one is a tactical leaguer. Yes. And so administratively, it looks quite a bit different than a tactical leaguer. I'm not going to get into the distinctions between the two. Suffice it to say they are run differently. Yeah. And so when uh, a vehicle, uh, we'll call it a, a, a maybe a lab or an armored fighting vehicle, doesn't matter much what it is, as it approaches into the entryway to the leaguer, there is usually someone standing there who's directing. You're going that way, you're going that way. In a well-run leaguer, which I'll get into in, in a sec, it all happens seamlessly. It actually mm -hmm. doesn't require someone standing there if everyone's good to go. If yep. it's been drilled properly, if there's experience, but that's for about 60 seconds from now. If you're new to the game in a leaguer, you need direction. 
And sometimes that direction is at night with a tiny little red filter flashlight, where if you're not paying attention to detail, you can head off in the wrong direction. And now you're messing up the leaguer. And it's at that point that someone is supposed to grab you by the ear and say, hey, you're not over there where you're creating a gong show. You're over there where you belong. If that doesn't happen lickety split, that's how leaguers turn into a gong show. Mm -hmm. And that's how, again, to my point, a leaguer will never be able to run properly, seamlessly, autonomously, without any direction, if there isn't someone at the front end setting the standard and maintaining it. Otherwise, leaguers devolve into randomly parking wherever you want. Parking like a dad. Parking like a dad. <laughs> and so a leaguer is a great example of if you're taught how to do it well right at the start, then the leaguer looks after itself. And what does taught well at the start mean? It's the standard that is enforced or it is the way to do things that is held accountable every second of the day. So there is a standard and there is an accountability. That's how leaguers work. That's how mental health works. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that point because you're exactly right. And that's, that's what I was going for was the fact that with, with a marshal, even a poorly run leaguer can be effective with a good marshal. But in a tight group, you know, as we we're talking earlier, the people that you surround yourself with, they're going to be directing you going like, that's not the right way. Now, the question is, how do we, I guess, filter what is lip service and what isn't? Because out there right now, there is a friggin' ton of noise and lip service telling people what to do, where to go, how to do this, blah, 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 blah. How do we cut through that? How do we get those people in the leaguer in the right position through the noise? Matt? I think Sean hit it already. It's it's having the set standard and drill. Um, I'm saying drill, not as a military aspect, but keeping on the same thing over and over and over again until we, we've mastered it, right? Um, going back to the whole parking lot dude mentality like we we have to know yeah here's all our parking spots i got sean over here and chase over here and they can do that and this guy comes up to me and says hey i don't like parallel parking i want to park my own way we have to be knowledgeable enough and drilled enough to say yeah you don't like parallel parking sure sure go go see this other guy he knows how to park or how do you like to park well i just like to park like this well here's a better way of parking we can do it this way or we can do it this way. That's again, going back to the original point where we're like, we have to, we have to be stepping up and we have to be showing the example of, and not just playing ourselves a lip service game. Like we have to be active in active in the environment. Right. Yeah. yeah the leaker, it, it made me think of when you were describing that Matt is, I'm sure you guys have been in leaguers where this happens. Pitch black, it's tactical. <sighs> the terrain is challenging. Trees are tight, whatever the case is. And a, a vehicle will enter and will go in the wrong direction. Either misguided or misdriven. Doesn't much matter. 
And then that vehicle gets somewhere into the leaguer and it's kind of crashing through trees to some degree, trying to find its way, realizes that it's in the wrong location and is now like for the next hour, stealth, not stealth, tactically, not tactically, driving, crashing down all the trees to try to get to its parking spot yeah. in the leaguer where it initially belonged. And because the driver or the crew commander either didn't have the experience or had just simply made a, 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 a simple mistake, has now turned the leaguer into an hour-long gong show of everyone sh moving around playing musical chairs in the pitch black. And so here's the other aspect to a experienced leaguer, which actually plays into the mental health aspect. That is, vehicle goes the wrong way, crashing around in the leaguer, a good senior NCO or a good leader within the leaguer will do this. Uh, there, stop moving around, park right there. That's now your new spot. We'll adjust everything on the fly. We'll talk about it later. For now, stop moving, get your troops out, trenches, blah, 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 all the usual stuff. That's what an experienced mental health professional will do in that moment. They will recognize that they've gone in the wrong direction, but to get them to the right direction will cause so much turmoil that the professional will adjust and adapt in the moment to make sure that that outcome is about as good as it can be given the circumstances. But holy moly, that takes, we'll call it leaguer experience or life experience or correctly in mental health. And so if, if you, if you have been directed wrong at some point in your past, either from a mental health professional or your peers or your whoever, your neighbor, and you now realize that you're the guy crashing around in the leaguer in the pitch black causing turmoil, it's cool. No big deal. Just stop. Put your hand up and say, someone help me. Where do I belong in this leaguer? Should I, should I wait here or should I move there? And someone will guide you. And it might just be as simple as this. Stop making noise. Just hang out here. We're going to be quiet for a bit and we're going to talk quietly. We'll sort this out. Then we'll get you back into the leaguer. Then we'll get you back into the game. And before you know it, you'll be the marshal of the leaguer. It's going to take time. It's a process. But for now, let's just stop causing turmoil. Yeah. Yeah, that's Agreed. a great point. Uh, Matt, you got to stop playing with your uh, mute switch on your mic. <laughs> no, sorry, dude. We can hear it every time you click it on and off. I got kids like right across the wall yelling and screaming. They're not even mine. So. It's not I too can, bad. I, it's only yeah. a tiny click. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, that being said, we should start like a hashtag parking a leaguer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's right. <laughs> Marshall up, boys. I like it. Um, well, funny so enough, you know, uh, park park like a leaguer i know i have parked in a leaguer in the pitch black tactically and spent an inordinate amount of time wandering around trying to find my way uh in a leaguer that i don't understand i've i've done more walking in a leaguer than most men have done in a parking lot for hashtag park like a dad that's mm -hmm. for sure i you know <coughs> excuse me um the thing that i'm i'm kind of i guess trying to kind of hammer down on the point is the fact that it really only takes each of us to really want change 
We really want change. And I don't mean just like, oh, you know, it'd be nice if this was different. I mean, I'm going to freaking change this because it's messed up. And uh, I saw a post a long time ago on, I see it every once in a while on social media for a little bit. And it was like, if social media didn't exist, how much of an activist would you be? Because there's a lot of people using social media, especially to just espouse things, right? Everybody has a voice now. Everybody can talk and everybody's talking at each other. But if that disappeared, how much actual work have you put in? How much stuff have you done in order to change either the narrative? Because again, great. Talking is great. Talking is great. <laughs> and as Sean alluded to earlier, though, you have, and Matt alluded to this earlier as well, you have to be able to back up those words. And if you can't, then you're part of the lip service. You're you're the one of the guys just signaling out in the wild, out in the wilderness for the leaker, confusing everybody else trying to figure out what the frig they should do, because uh, unfortunately there's there's so much confusion I'm seeing out there. I'm I'm you know scrolling through social media on the regular, looking for people to come and chat and have on the collective and so on and so right. forth, and I'm just seeing all this noise. You got one side saying, you know, absolute hardcore masculinity. Let's go back to the 1700s where we used to own people, right? And then you have other, other sides screaming at the wind saying, well, no, it's all about being a professional warrior at all times. And everybody have to, like, there's all of these avenues and all of these marshals in the dark swinging their friggin' lights out so that it's just confusion. It is. So let me hit you with this. Yesterday, I was on my ride. Towards the end of the ride, I was on a tricky little section that's uphill, uh, quite a bit of workload. And uh, I've done that climb so many times, I can't even count that high. I know it as well as anyone in the world does. And as I was going up it, I got to a point where I was thinking to myself, man, I'm really tired. Too many days in a row, too many days of two rides per day, and blah, 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 all the usual excuses. I'm tired. And so as I was grinding, I was like, man, I could easily drop my arse back down onto the saddle and kind of slow grind this out easy peasy i'll get to the top but i'll just do it in a different way that is quote unquote in my mind lazier and so that's just not my way but then i've got a decision to make the decision that i've been making all my life and it's this no one's watching me i could slack ass it right now but i know me I'm always watching me. And if I slack acid, I'll know it. And then when I know it, I feel it. When I feel it, I don't like it. And so I've been able to work in absence of any eyeballs on me for a long, long time. And I mean, work like a dog. And so it's kind of normal to me to work in absence of anybody viewing how hard I'm working. But for me, even for me, and I'm, I'm not saying even for me, like I'm the only one on the planet, but I know how to work hard in the, in, in the dark. Even for me on that climb, I was still getting that corrosive mindset of, yeah, but, but no one knows that I'm working this hard. No one would say anything because there's no one to say anything if I just slacked off a little bit here. But it's not my way. But that's unusual. That's not common out there right now. A lot of people need eyeballs on them to pick up the pace. And if they know that if they round the corner of a building 
the moment that they round around it and there's no eyeballs on it, they slow their walk down a little bit. It's all about internal for me. And I know that a lot of people externally drive their life because now there's eyeballs on me. Now I'm going to pick up the pace. I'm just not that way. Because that's how I was taught was do the work in the silence, do the work in the shadows, do the work when nobody's watching. And it's really, really hard to do, but it's really, really liberating. When you know that your life is not predicated on someone seeing it, you can just go out and crush. And the results eventually show up. The outcome of hard work without constantly waving a flag about I'm taking souls or whatever the hell nonsense is going on out there. Just do the work in absence of eyeballs. And eventually, eyeballs will start paying attention to you. I like kind that. of goes back to that, that whole uh, the elk in the field thing that we were talking about two weeks ago, <clears throat> being that one elk outside of the pack. Being the stag. Doing, yeah, doing your own right. thing. It, it really does. And it, um, what, it, what it hits on is the fact that you are not giving yourself lip service. Yeah, and, true. And that's, I think, the, um, the difficult part is the, those that are, I mean, and I, I'm guilty of it as myself, I mean just like those as others, is that a lot of times we can just give ourselves that lip service. Like, oh, yeah, it's okay. I don't need to do that right now. Well, though, and, what, yeah, you can do that, but more corrosively, what you can say is, bro, I got your six. Exactly. You don't even have your own. I mean, how do you have mine? I'm not going to let you have my six. You don't even know you're 12. Never mind your six. So how am I supposed to engage in someone who thinks they understand what a six is? And then that leads to those empty words that, uh, as Matt was saying, it's it's lip service, man. There's so many pithy statements out there that are being tossed around like solutions. And they're quite the opposite because they're being tossed around so casually nowadays. They're a negative, not a positive. I would like to go back about a decade to when I got your six meant a lot more. I have a thought and <clears throat> I've been working on this for a little while. I have... Um... I posted it the other night uh, or last night on Instagram was uh, the shirt that I'm, I'm designing right now that says pick up oh, the pace on the that. back, right? Did you post and that up? I did. Yeah, it's on oh, the, dang, it's on the story. It. So okay. it's all good. You can see it. It will uh, show it afterwards. But I was thinking about the, the, the actual wording, pick up the pace. And the actual concept of that wording in my head initially was um, go faster go harder, go stronger. Like it was external. Go, you go faster. And as I've been thinking about it, it is more along the lines of pick up the pace means pick up the pace. That means the pace is set by a standard of whoever's moving, like whoever the group is moving, right? And now it's on you to pick up that pace so that, uh, so it's more of a follow the example rather than you work harder. And I think that's a very specific distinction that needs to be made because as we tell people you know pick up the pace it doesn't mean you need to go faster i mean it, it does but deeper than that it means you need to keep up 
We need all of us together to be keeping up with one another and working forward on one mission. And right now, the month of June being Men's Mental Health Month, this is the mission right now. And this is why we're pushing it so hard is because, again, as I was talking earlier, there's a lot of noise. But you can filter through that noise with time and experience. And if you follow those that are leading around you and you pick up the pace, if that makes sense. It does to me. What I see in my mind when you showed me the design of that shirt the other day, because yeah. um, it's on the back of the shirt, pick up the pace. Mm-hmm. It it simply means this to me. It, it's like a platoon of guys running down the beach. If the guy in front of you is wearing the t-shirt on and on his back, it states, pick up the pace. You know what the deal is? If that guy starts getting too far ahead, you got to pick up your pace. Mm-hmm. But the best part is the guy who's wearing the t-shirt knows that that's what's on his back. He's he's leading the pace for the person in front of him. And he's he's saying to that guy, pick up the pace. But he knows that he's the pace. I'm the pace. Internally, I'm the pace. Externally, I'm the pace. We're all the pace. Our boat will only move as fast as the guy who's running the throttle. And if we're all on the same boat and the guy in control of the throttle is like, it's a one out of 10, man, we're not going to accomplish much as a group in our entire lives. I'm not saying we got to go all the way to 10 out of 10, but we got to pick up the pace. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that as I kind of flesh out the design and what we want to do with that. I think it's great. But that was the concept that I was going for was the fact that if it's on your back, (laughs) the people behind you can see it and be like, Let's go. Now, the benefit of that is if somebody else is wearing it too and they pass you, guess what? Dude, 100%. Now you got to pick up the pace. (laughs) So, um, and I think this is, that's kind of what we're doing here at the collective is we're, we're setting a pace. We're setting a standard for thought, for intention, for development of conversation, all these things. But also in the fact that we are all trying to action things in our life. Now, here's one of the things. You called me out the other day for not uh, not pushing hard enough because I've had a certain set of things that I've been doing and I've been failing to do them over the last couple of days. And I need that push, right? Sometimes you just you got it like pick up the pace. So I'm looking at the back of Sean's shirt and saying pick up the pace. I'm like, okay, now it's time to get back on it because that happens, right? There's times you're going to trip. There's times you're going to stumble. There's times you're going to not keep your own word to yourself. It does happen. Cool. Yeah. Do do you know why pick up the pace phrase is so common in the Canadian Armed Forces? Because I've I've had it said to me one gajabillion times. And I've said it one gajabillion times. It's been said to me, and I've said it to others. Pick up the pace, man. Pick up the pace. And it's a really important life message, I feel. Like, my, my concern with pick up the pace is this that someone out there is going to categorize it as you can't tell me to pick up the pace or conversely, who are you to tell me to pick up the pace? Or maybe it's why do we have to pick up the pace? That's negative. That's toxic, man. Picking up the pace is toxic. It's too positive. I don't even know what is going to go through people's heads. If they see a t-shirt that says, pick up the pace but i know that 100 out of 100 people are not going to look at that t-shirt and think 
Right on. That is awesome. The people who are not going to like that T-shirt uh, think along these lines. I don't want to pick up the pace because that seems kind of hard. That seems kind of like, what's the point? That kind of seems sweaty. Well, I guess it's our job to explain why we all should be picking up the pace. You can throw a t-shirt on, but if you're wearing it and you haven't thought about why we all have to pick up the pace, that is the deeper t-shirt in my opinion. Picking up a p the pace too also has a different meaning than just going faster and more forward, right? Mm. I mean, if the pace slows down and you're that one person running around, like that vehicle in the leader trying to find a spot going through the bush, right? You have to pick up the pace of the people around you or what's going yes. on in your environment, mm -hmm. right? So maybe it's time to slow down. Maybe stop being so frantic about life and stuff and just slow down and learn that there's, you know, more than one way up the mountain um, and follow other people who are on the same path, right? Mm -hmm. So I think pick up the pace is very, very good as a, as a hashtag, you know, um, in the fact that it doesn't necessarily always mean go faster, go harder, keep up, keep up. It's literally no, the pace yeah, synchronize, synchronize, yeah. be mm -hmm. in flow. Right. I think that is a good way to explain it too. Um, against the toxic comments, right. Is that No, it's not about going faster. It's not about, it's about knowing your own pace too. Right. Yeah, you can be part of a group. You can be part of, you know, marching orders and everyone's marching. But when you're on patrol, you are not doing that, you know, a 30 beat per minute walk. You got your eyes down. You're looking on the horizon. You're looking for threats and everything. And that pace is slow. It's deliberate. It's concentrated. Yeah, and it's a team. It's, it's a, a team, team thing too, right? Because <coughs> other people are watching your six while you're watching the three or the nine or the 12 or, you know, the 345 or whatever you got, right? But it's the pace is a group thing as well as an individual thing. Yeah. And you know, the, as I was, as you stated that Matt, uh, what popped into my mind was if I walk into a grocery store and uh, buy a bag of chips and someone says, uh, that'll be $3 and 67 cents. And I got your back. I got your six. I'm like, what you're, you're a cashier. What do you even know about? You got my six. I'll tell you who does know who's got my six is the guys who were on my team about 12 hours ago when we were moving through a swamp. Yeah. And so that team is is tight because you're all in it you're all earning your way you're all action men for lack of a better term and i suppose uh, a better way to state it is you can talk all day long about you got my six and i may or may not believe you but there is no if ands or buts if you were standing directly behind me in that swamp i know you've got my six because I know you're in the game. I know you are dirty, sweaty, swampy. I know that you're experiencing not only the same things as I'm experiencing, but you understand what I'm experiencing because you're in it with me right now, right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a massive difference between in the swamp or in the checkout counter with I've got your six. There's also the... Um... This is the nice thing about these statements is that the lip service is based on what you are actually reading into it, right? It's your interpretation of the words. And when someone says, hey, I got your six, you can, you can kind of tell, 
based on Shit. who they are, how long you've known them, all these things, right? The, whether or not that's going to be lip service or not. And I think a lot of it also comes down to um, how well you keep that to yourself, right? Like how well you actually interpret those those words internally rather than externally. So when I say to somebody, hey, man, I got your six, I mean it to myself. And it's not really to them. It's like I know for a fact that I'm going to cover that guy when he needs it versus him needing to know that I'm going to cover him, right? It's the fact that I'm already recognizing it in myself that I'm believing in what it is I'm saying. And the only reason I was able to get to that point was the fact that I've done it. I've been, I've walked through the swamp with the other people, right? And that comes with experience. That comes from sitting down, shutting up, looking for the light. Guy says, go left, I'm going left, right? That's part of the process. So, and to uh, your guys' um, mentioning earlier of the parking lot, the marshal is the per- person you're supposed to be looking for when you start to get lost. Mm. When you When you come up at the six there and you're like, Okay, we're going to enter this leaguer. Even though I know where I'm supposed to go, even if I know I'm supposed to sit at the three, I can't bypass the marshal, right? Because what if the guy in front of me went to the three o'clock? What if two guys in front of me went that way and now it's all a jumble and stuff like that? So I still have to look for the marshal in order for him to tell me what my position is. And uh, <clears throat> the so the, the point I guess I'm trying to make in the long, long run around this is the fact that when you say something mean it to yourself right don't give yourself lip service i keep i'm gonna keep going back on this because i think it happens too many times is don't give yourself lip service act on what it is you want to do act on what it is what you want to say and act on what you believe in because otherwise you yeah, don't believe in anything it, it's easy to say that it really is easy to say that in fact it's almost worthless words if you've never literally being a man of your word. And so yeah. Chance, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge you. I'll push back mm-hmm. on that was you yep. saying nonsense and 100%. believing that it was legit. And so how does a person get to that point where they are talking and not acting? Well, we all do from time to time. I have, we all have. Yep. And so how do you recognize that? Well, let me ask you, how did you recognize that? Um, first off was, I noticed that what I believed in wasn't showing up in reality. That was the first part. So when I thought, you know, I knew what I was talking about or I knew I was giving other people advice and that advice I was not taking upon myself. So I would hit low points or I'd go into depressive episodes or whatever and I wouldn't be using the same tools that I was telling other people to use. Oh, I see. So, okay. so there was dissonance right away. But it also really hit home when I started to surround myself with people that were keeping their words to themselves regularly, like yourself and like Seb and like all of the people that we have on here, they're action oriented. So when I started hanging out with action oriented people, I started getting held accountable, not just through you guys, but I started seeing where I wasn't holding myself accountable. Mm, Okay, okay. And then started developing that skill set. And I'm I'm not 100% even yet, right? I'm about 12%. <laughs> close, right? So if you're near, near 100%, congrats. Not even close. Um, but that's part of it, 
right? I'm still I'm still looking for marshals left, right, and center. When I want to do something, I'm still right. looking for the guy to tell me, go that way. Cool, Roger that. And I will continue to do that until I feel confident that I can start telling other people to do that too. Okay, then let me ask you this question. And and I know we're a bit theoretical right now, but yep. as at the point that you're at right now, and given your statement of you're continuing to look for marshals, which I think is a super cool concept. Um, so what what would make you listen to that marshal? You've already seen a few marshals. You already know how a leaguer works. Now you're looking for new marshals to direct you. What what is different than the marshals that you're looking at right now versus the first time you drove into a leaguer? You know what I mean? Yeah, that and yeah, it's a great question because I was thinking about it. Was the fact that I'm now recognizing the actions of others, whereas at first I was listening to the words. So when I was first, let's say, entering the leaguer and I have no idea what's going on, I'm just looking at a light, right? And the light's telling me going that way. Okay, cool, I'm going that way. And the more times I did it, the more closely I was listening to the orders, the uh, order of March and all the stuff prior to that. So I started looking at the actions of those prior to the advice. And now... Uh, when I, especially when I'm looking for people to come onto the collective and have these discussions with us, I'm looking at what they do, not just what they post, not just what they put up on social media. I'm looking at what they're actually a part of, what they're physically doing. And that's been the, uh, that's where I look for marshals now. And it, again, this is the other part of it was I used to look for somebody, somebody else to tell me where to go. Right. You need to go to the three o'clock. Roger that. I'll go that way. Whereas now, um, I'm looking at which leaker I want to be a part of and just kind of absorbing That's cool. from there. So, Matt, you got any thoughts? No, man. It's all good. It's really, really good. <laughs> um, well, hang on a sec. So, Matt, I'm not going <laughs> to... That... That would have been nice, but I am going to dur- turn the rotary dial up and say, "Let's go." Yeah. So, w- what's your observation on on a? At one point, you were first time into a leaguer, and now you're many times into a leaguer. What's your observations in respect to someone who um, is looking for a leaguer to join, or uh, the challenges of stepping into a leaguer for the first time versus the tenth time? What are your thoughts on this? Um, first off, what kind of vehicle are they driving? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, right. no, seriously, like, no, like, for real, that's great. Guns, that's right? great, that's great, right? yeah. But I mean, if you're coming in with a big truck, then you have you go to that leaguer, right? But if you're coming with a little tiny sports car, you're coming to this leaguer now. Cars and vehicles, right? Think about problems, right? Do you have a big, big problem where it's going to take up all this? real estate and you need additional mechanics around you and you need people who actually know the vehicle. Yeah. You're going to park in that leaguer. You're going to go with that group so they can assist you the best. But if you have like, you know, Bugatti problems, you're not going to be parking in the bush. You're going, you know, somewhere where Bugattis like to live. Right. So I guess it's about knowing which leaguer you fit and what you are looking to receive and give again, give and take, because you're watching an angle while someone else is watching an angle and helping you. You got to be in that right group with the right mindset to be helped or supported throughout the leaguer process. 
right? Your marshals will know yeah. how to park big trucks. They may not know how to, you know, put your Bugatti where your Bugatti needs to go. Yeah, and that's uh, that is a, and you said you had nothing to say, and, <laughs> and so that does then lead to that further point of how well what it even is a leaguer and how does the order of battle work and who's at the tip of the spear and who's in the main body and who's in the rear party and all of these various things and so. Uh, if you're stepping into a leaguer for the first time, you should know that that leaguer was established well before it mm -hmm. was a, a, a dream in anyone's mind. There have been assets out the front of the battlefield or penetrating beyond the front of the battlefield to establish where the leaguer should go and how it should look and how it should be oriented and what its next phase in the battle is. And so there's always someone in front of us that should be establishing the tactical and strategic scenario for us. And if we're not in that leaguer, if we're out in that forward element, setting the pace, for lack of a better term, um, then everyone who is driving into that leaguer, at least when I was a, a young man driving into that leaguer, I knew that I was part of something bigger. Yeah. And I might not have been the tail at the tail end of the, the dog, but I definitely wasn't at the nose end of the dog in that early phases of my life. But as I got better at what I did, eventually I became the nose and the teeth. And so um, it's, a, it's a great example, Matt, of how we should all not only consider how to move into a leaguer for the first time and how we're supposed to interoperate with that leaguer, but know that it is an integral part of something that is in front of you and behind you as well. Agreed. And the other thing about the leaguer too, getting back to that analogy, is that even if you, when you park at your two o'clock position and that's your position, that is your responsibility. And you know, as much as, as I do, is that if there's a contact or there was a problem facing where I am looking, it is my responsibility to engage and to inform, hey, I'm getting into trouble here. I need support. Here's my targets, blah, blah, blah. Here's my problems, blah, blah, blah right? I need assistance or what can we do, right? So just to say that you're part of a leaguer and part of a group doesn't mean you're there passively either. You actually yeah, have to be great. active and engaged in that group. Otherwise, you are going to be that, that weak link or possibly where it breaks down. Yep. Yeah, play your, play your part and don't ever, ever let down the leaguer. Don't and if you feel like, after, yeah. yeah, if you feel like you're letting the leaguer down, make sure the unit on your left and right flank can provide supporting fire until you either reload or you can re-engage to some mm -hmm. degree. But definitely, Matt, your your point is right on that. It's the it's perfect for this entire conversation. Is if you're stepping into the leaguer of mental health. Uh, you've got your part to play. Know that there's parts in front of you and parts behind you, and you will be guided and you will be helped and all of that good stuff. But it's all on you at certain points in that leaguer where you have to step up and do your part for the leaguer as yep. the leaguer does its part for you. There's a great line. Um, <clears throat> I think it would, I heard it. I think on Jocko at first on one of his podcasts was it's it's not a, it's all on you, but it's not about you. Hmm. And I think that's a really great point. And there's another point to this that I think we're forgetting. And that is, as you are in the leaguer, there's going to be a point in time where you have to look behind you. And you have to see the array of how the vehicles are laid out. 
right? You have mm -hmm. to understand how the leaguer works. And if you realize that, hey, wait a second, this leaguer isn't set up correctly, or why are all the firepower assets in the middle and none of them on the outside? Why are they being protected, but we're not like, and so that's part of it. That's how you understand whether or not it is a good or a bad leaguer to be involved in. And I'll use this as an example at one point. And hang on a sec, just not Sorry. good or bad. Not just because it bad, doesn't yeah. have to be that. True. It can be. I see enough now. I've learned enough now that I know it can be done differently. Yeah. Maybe more effectively, sure. maybe not, but done differently. And yes. learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was just I was going to use an example. Um, at one point when I was overseas, there was a particular leaguer that we were put in. We were uh, set up. And when I actually looked on the inside, there was four lav 25s with the turrets and all that stuff on the center and on the outset on the outsets were there was a far like a fuel vehicle with a guy standing out of his head or out of the hatch with his head up and a rifle as security so again when you recognize what a leaguer is and you know how it works and you look inside and go wait a second that's part of it too and you go okay now you got to learn from that this is not the way to run a leaguer i'm going to be involved in a different one move on down the range and then mm -hmm. start again looking how to do it either better or differently or re-engage it from another way um, but that it's it's all great to say hey everybody's got a part to play and we're all in this together but there are people out there that aren't and there are people out there for their own their own selves that are in charge of a leaguer or have a large voice on social media or have the ability to espouse certain things that are not on. They are they are unsat, they are bad in general, and they are toxic and are going to end up hurting those people around them. And the faster you can realize that you're involved in those people with those people, the faster you can move on and get better. Yeah. I, yeah, I just add to that point too, Chase, when you're saying like look on the inside of your leaguer and see where things are positioned. Sometimes it's a good time to get out of that leaguer too. Go for a yeah. walk outside of it and go see, like look in at it and see, okay, yeah, okay, why is there a fuel truck there, right? But you can see how it's set up on the outside and you can see how other people are set up in their leaguers and you're like, you know what, that one's not set up the way I want it to be, exactly what you're saying, right? I'm going to go check out this leaguer, right? Yeah, and it applies to your, it applies personally as well. Exactly. If you yes. take a leaguer as your own self being, right? If you think it's all good to go on the outside and everything's awesome, you're not going to take the time to, well, you should be taking the time to look inwards to see whether or not the core needs work and go from there. There is one last leaguer reference that I would I like, like to make, and it's this. Leaguers, anyone who is unfamiliar with them again, uh, they're basically formations that are used for a variety of reasons. Look it up on the Googs. But uh, every single leaguer that I've been in is unique to the environmental conditions or the terrain that we were in. And so sometimes it's perfect because it's a big wide open space in the middle of Nowheresville and you can lay it out like a grid square. Mm -hmm. uh, but in other locations, it's mega janky because it's based on the cops of trees here and the cops of trees there and that small incline and enfilade, deflate, all of the good stuff. So some leaguers are mega janky. Now, here's the fascinating part for me that I recall from uh, when I was a young buck. Some leaders or some marshallers, we'll call it, didn't like janky. 
because it didn't work for their head. It had to be, it had to be a ruler. It had to be measured out to the inch. It had to be, I was taught a way, and that's the only way to do mm -hmm. a leaguer. Leaguers are janky, man, just like life is. And so anyone that you're involved with who insists that the leaguer has to be to the inch, well, you're in the wrong leaguer. Get in a leaguer that adapts to the environmental conditions, the terrain that you're in, in your mind, uh, so that it can lay out a protective leaguer that you can resupply and be effective within that is based on your own mental terrain. And Matt, that is a perfect place to uh, shut her down. I think that was, that was the third mic drop of the show. We'll call that a good one. Any uh, any final thoughts, Matt, on lip service, on leaguers, on anything we went over today? No, just we got to hashtag that one. I'm just saying. That's <laughs> hashtag or something. I like it. Sean, you got any uh, final thoughts on anything we went over today? That was a great conversation, fellas. Thanks for uh, bringing the the lip service topic is fantastic. And uh, I'm sure we covered enough ground today to have others out there chew on this a little bit and think about it in their own way in respect to what mental health means to them and lip service, what that means to you. Uh, but just know that if you've got any questions or comments or you're scratching your head right now thinking I do it better or I do it worse, whatever the case is, hit up Chance Burles in the DMs as uh, follow-ons to the conversation so that the three of us can have further points to discuss in the future. Or if you've got any other topics that you would like to have us hit as a small panel, uh, then uh, let Chance know and we'll hit yeah. that. Hit me up. I got uh, lots of room in my DMs, and I mean, I got basically infinite room in my DMs. <laughs> you can hit anybody can hit me at any time. I will get to y'all um, as we go. But yeah, I think what we did talk about today, specifically with lip service, is that again. I mean, we've said it many times before. Pick up the pace. <laughs> That's all you can do, right? Um, well, there's lots of things you can do. We won't get into that. Uh, as we learn how to pick up the pace as we build upon our own pace and learn how to grow into a more clean defined leaguer. We can do that here every day. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Jimo. Jimo. Jimo.